Hey guys, welcome to the Drone Horizon podcast. I'm Alex and today I'm joined by Johnny Rogers. Johnny, would you like to introduce yourself? Um, so yeah, I'm uh, Johnny Rogers. I'm 23, for a photographer from uh, London. I've uh, been doing photography for about six years or so. Um, yeah, my Instagram handle is uh, at JPR Photos and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Cool. Well, thanks for being with us today. Um, as always, we've asked you to send over three of your sort of favourite shots or shots that have got a, like a story behind them. We've got three fantastic shots, so we'll start off with the uh, the green one. Do you want to go ahead and explain why you've chosen that one? Yeah, so um, I don't get it up. That photo was uh, taken uh, on the island of uh, Tassiera uh, in the Azores. Uh, went, so I was lucky enough to go last January before this uh, coronavirus um uh yeah it's a real real hidden gem that island uh i wasn't expecting anything out of it when um when my mate suggested that we should go um and we uh yeah got there i, I started doing some um uh, research beforehand so everything i do uh before my trips i, I research a lot of the locations and stuff like that so go on instagram and just save a bunch of posts on locations that i think would be uh, worth visiting and stuff like that and um yeah this was uh this was one of the locations that i spotted there's um really really good photographer i can't remember his name i've forgotten his name damn it hang on a <laughs> yeah so there's this uh really really cool photographer uh there called uh, bruno zera and um i used a lot of uh, a lot of his photos for inspiration and stuff like that and there was one photo in particular that he'd taken uh, that I wanted to replicate, and it was very much like that image. So, yeah, getting to that, we we went to that location. Uh, we were on the island for about five days. Um, we went to that location four of those five days because um, we really wanted to get uh, the best conditions possible for it. And um, yeah, I think I think we absolutely nailed it in the end. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a really fantastic shot. You got some really nice colours sort of all from the foreground to the background and I noticed you've got some sheep as well which give a perspective of sort of how big it is which is always good for you know shots that are taken a, a long way up um, it's a bit unusual with the fields that sort of dip into the crater is that just is it like a like an old volcano or is it just like a, a mound yeah some uh, my understanding of it is it's uh, it's an extinct volcano um so it's clearly the uh, sort of the uh, this classic cone shape of volcano. So that's my understanding. Um, however, we're not actually one hundred percent sure. Uh, it's clearly extremely old because, uh, as you say, the fields have grown right over the top of it. So yeah, it's extremely unusual in that sense. Yeah, I mean, are you in the picture at all? Are you sort of down the bottom? Because normally with with these kind of shots, you can sort of spot the photographer down in the bottom or spot spot the car that they were in. Um, no, I'm I'm. I'm not in this picture. Uh, we were, I think I flew about, oh, I think it was about seven or 800 metres uh, to get this photo. So I think in that photo, we are somewhere off to the left. There's a little road that went off to the left um, that we found had really good connection for uh, flying the drones. You could easily get GPS, but as soon as you started getting too close to that, um, to that sort of volcanic cone, it, GPS started to drop in it. Took a, took a bit of time to try and get any GPS. So, yeah, that's the reason why we were a little bit further away. Is this a multiple uh, shot panorama? Because obviously it's a portrait orientation, or do you take your shots portrait uh, like a single shot? Uh, yeah, I believe this is a three-shot vertical panorama. Um, 
which I find when it comes to drone photography is the, is the best way of doing it because uh, otherwise you're going to have to start flying really, really far away, especially if you're posting on Instagram because obviously Instagram immediately crops down the post to four by five, no matter what. Um, so if you're taking on a, if you're taking it on a landscape um, uh, orientation, then uh, yeah, you're going to, you're going to find that you're going to lose a lot of space sort of in the in the top and the bottom of the frame so i i like to do a three shot pano which uh, to me it makes more sense um but yeah yeah and obviously it increases the quality of the picture as well so you end up getting like a a bigger shot overall that sort of brings us nicely onto your second shot which is also a panorama i'm guessing that's the sort of orangey one do you want to talk us through why you've chosen this one uh so actually you're wrong this isn't a panorama this is just one shot um but I, I've chosen this one purely because of the uh, the story behind it, because the, the story behind it is absolutely mad. Um, we were, so this is, uh, it's Ship Rock in New Mexico. It was when me and four other mates from Instagram, uh, we hired an RV out in America and went across basically the, uh, the Western States. Um, so this was, uh, this is in New Mexico. Um, and we've been driving, probably close to about three or four hours to uh, to get here. We were all quite tired when we got here. And so our plan was to basically stay here for the whole night, capture ship rock during sunset, and then capture it during sunrise as well. Um, well, that didn't happen. <laughs> Reason being is uh, we well, we had we had a bit of a an interesting encounter whilst we were out there with the uh, with the locals in particular. Um, we were all sitting in our, um, we were sitting in the RV uh, and this was after this photo had actually been taken. And um, this woman uh, came up to the RV door, knocked on the door and um, said that her boyfriend had basically dropped her off here and uh, that she was, she was waiting for some friends and could she just hang around the RV because she, she felt safer basically sort of around the RV, which was absolutely fine. So we said, yeah, that's no problem. Um, about 10 minutes past, she knocks on the door again, asking if there is uh, if there's any possibility that she can come inside because she feels safer inside. And um, considering that we're, we were all five guys inside an RV, that we had a huge amount of photo equipment in terms of cost as well. I think we had probably 40 or 50,000 pounds worth of photo equipment in this RV. So we were, we're <laughs> we, we were like, well, not, not really. You can't do... We're, we're more than happy for you to hang around outside the RV. That's fine, but you can't come inside. Um, I mean, there's not, there's not enough space for six people anyway. We were, we were struggling with five. Um, but so, yeah, another 10 minutes passes. And again, she, uh, she comes up to the door and uh, asks if she can use the toilet this time. And um, again, because we're all guys, <laughs> it's, it seems, uh, it, it seemed a little bit inappropriate from where we were, from where we were sitting so uh we said no again um and then she she another five minutes past she comes up again knocks on the door again uh and then starts saying that she she feels really um really unsafe and she wants to come inside and all this sort of stuff uh we were we were starting to get a bit sketched out because th this was happening way too often um so we said we said no again um but we had the we had the rv door open she tried to force her way inside she tried to come up the steps which uh we weren't having at all so uh, we sort of we sort of gently pushed her back down the steps um 
and then she uh, she started crying, saying that her boyfriend had left her and that she you know, she was waiting for her friends, but she didn't know where her friends were. She didn't know where she was meant to be going. Uh, and then she changed her story completely, saying that she uh, she needed to wait for her friends in a, in a town. Um, and then she started asking if we could take her to this town. So uh, her exact words was, um, "I need to. Uh, my my friends are in a town to the left." Uh, I had a quick look on Google Maps while she was saying this and found out that there was no town to the left whatsoever for what had to be a good sixty or seventy miles. So uh, at this point, we were really, really sketched out. We um, we closed the door on her, locked the RV, and drove off, uh, thinking that she was going to try and lead us into some sort of trap. Uh, went to uh, went to a car park that we'd had a lunch in in um, Shiprock, the town itself, um, and we were we were we were starting to joke about it, sort of uh, thinking about preparing dinner, and then some drunk guy comes up to the RV um and starts uh starts saying that this is his land and you know we can't be here it's like we're like what are you want about it's a shopping like it, it's a supermarket car park you know click like you you don't own this land he started saying oh don't you know who i am and stuff like this and we're like no <laughs> we don't know who you are um anyway we uh he, he was clearly quite drunk so we offered him some beer to see if that would calm him down which seemed to work uh, until he started, until he suddenly pulled a knife on uh, Hugo, who was in the um, passenger seat window, and uh, we had the window was open. He pulled a knife out of nowhere, and at this point we were like, "Okay, right, we need to go." So we clo- closed the window, and as we drove off, uh, he basically he basically bent down um, underneath the RV, and we we weren't too sure exactly what he was doing. He was either trying to slash the tires, or he put something under the RV. So at this point, we were really sketched out and really quite freaked out by the whole situation. It was, you know, it was dark. It was night. We didn't really know exactly where to go at this point because uh, we were miles away from our next location. And we were about two, 250 miles away from where we wanted to go next. So we were like, well, we're not exactly too sure where to go because obviously we want to be somewhere for sunrise. Um, so we, we drove on a couple of miles, made sure that no one was tailing us looked underneath the RV to see if anything had been placed. Nothing had been placed, but we still felt unsafe enough in New Mexico. So we just ran for the border. We just ran for the closest border, which was Utah, and just went into uh, went into Utah and ended up at another location for Sunrise that we uh, we hadn't even seen before. But, um, yeah, that, that photo, the, the story behind that photo is absolutely crazy. And it's probably, in terms of uh, stories from photography, one of my most like uh, insane stories I've ever had so yeah no that's that's mainly the reason why I chose that photo yeah I mean it's not a situation that I can imagine is is very nice especially when you're in a foreign country as well because you sort of don't really know you don't know who it is you don't know anything about them and just from when you were explaining it it did sound like you were almost targeted whether that was because you had the drones out or whether they just sort of thought they'd take advantage of the fact it was an RV but I mean you managed to get a fantastic shot out of it and it's a fantastic shot behind the uh, fantastic story behind the shot should I say sorry but yeah I mean that's not a situation anyone wants to be in especially I mean luckily for you you weren't on your own or it wasn't just two of you obviously being the five of you you probably you know you're able to control the situation a bit better than if it had sort of been one or two of you but yeah I mean (laughs) that doesn't sound like fun at all yeah it was uh, it it was completely unorthodox, uh, that's for sure. But 
yeah, you're right. I, I feel like as long as the photo is good, then the rest doesn't really matter. Really. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, really, really unorthodox situation. Yeah, definitely, definitely good that we have five people with us because I think uh, just one or two of us, uh, I think the situation would have got out of hand pretty quickly on that side. Yeah, definitely. And obviously it was good because you were able to to move away as quickly as you did to sort of get away from the situation. If you know, if you'd have been stuck there for the night and you know, you could have ended up being outnumbered or something like that. But I mean, that's that's not a nice thing to have to think about. But obviously being you know, you were able to sort of get away from the situation, which is what matters and as I say, you managed to get a fantastic shot out of it at the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um so moving on to your last shot, um, do you want to talk us through why you've chosen this one? Yeah, so this was uh, this was taken in Budapest, uh, the capital of Hungary. Uh, took it in around September 2018. It was just after I'd been on a trip to uh, Hong Kong and Bali. Um, so I didn't really have any money. Uh, and then my mate kind of came up and said that he had a couple of weeks off of work and did he fancy going somewhere? So I was like, yeah, sure, why not? I've got no money, but whatever, little details. So, um, yeah, we went to uh, Budapest for five days, did everything really cheap, found a really cheap uh, Airbnb not Airbnb, hostel even, I found a really cheap hostel, uh, we ate out cheaply as well, I mean Budapest is a very cheap city in general anyway, so it was the, uh, yeah, it was a perfect mix, but I didn't really know what to expect when it came to Budapest, I hadn't had much experience in travelling before, uh, before this, um, so in terms of looking up locations and stuff like that, I hadn't done anything, so I had no idea what to expect whatsoever, um, and what I got was absolutely beautiful architecture, the city is just full of it it's unbelievable um it's just a really really nice place to be in general uh but yeah no the architecture is absolutely gorgeous and i wanted a photo that highlighted this so um the main piece of architecture in the city or the, or the best piece of architecture in the city was the uh, government building which sat on the uh right next to the uh, danube river um so i decided that i wanted uh, like the best shot i could of that so uh yeah, took the drone up around there, um, and yeah, just I, I I feel like especially with architecture having um having a higher perspective when it comes to drones, it just highlights it a lot better. Um, you can see the detail a little bit more as well. Um, yeah, it's just absolutely gorgeous building. Uh, I'm not too sure exactly when it was built or anything like that, but. Yeah, for me, the main focus ones, uh, on this was exactly, it was just highlighting that building and making sure that stood out uh, above everything else. And then the uh, the sky was just um, just a little bit, just a cherry on the uh, top of the cake for that one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you've got a really nice sort of leading line that comes up from the bottom of the picture right alongside of the riverbank, which sort of leads into the distance. But you've obviously managed to get the, the lights sort of highlighted really well just by looking at some of the uh, cars on the road it looks like you've done sort of a long exposure so do you know off the top of your head what the settings were for this uh in terms of i'm, I'm pretty sure the exposure for this one was about three or four seconds i've got the uh, i've got the mavic pro so i stuck it in tripod mode um i never used it before this i've never tried like evening photography or even nighttime photography with the drone uh because I, I just didn't think the tripod mode would be able to stand up to it but i was really really surprised at how well this came out yeah no it's my favorite photo uh in terms of editing when when i edited this uh, i felt I, I felt like i knew it was going to go it was going to do well and it was going to be one of my best photos that i've taken it just 
everything about it. You, you just, uh, as a photographer, you have a you have a picture in your head of how you want stuff to turn out. And um, this turned out exactly how I wanted it to turn out. And I feel like it does justice to the location as well, which is really, really important for me. So, yeah, yeah, really, really happy with this photo. Yeah, definitely. With regards to the sky, obviously the sky is quite pink and, and well exposed in this, as well as obviously having the buildings. Is this uh, two photos that you've HDR merged or is this just the sky you got from the, the same exposure as the buildings? Uh, so if you were to see the the before of this, so if you'd scroll down to this photo on my Instagram account, I actually have the the before uh, in a carousel before uh, for that post, um, and it, it's it's pretty mad to say the least. Uh, I basically the the color wasn't exactly like this. It was a lot more. This was taken more in a blue hour, um, but the clouds were there. And all I did was in Lightroom just bring a graduated filter down from the uh, from the top of the photo to roughly where the horizon is, and just add a little bit of warmth, a tiny bit of saturation, and a little bit of purple tint, and it just lit the clouds up beautifully. Um, and for me, it fits the scene really, really nicely. So, yeah, it's not a uh, it's not stacked or anything like that. I haven't taken the sky from anywhere else. It's just it's basically just editing manipulation. But yeah. Yeah, and obviously you sort of briefly touched on the fact that this was a long exposure as well. So, I mean, you must have had pretty perfect conditions with no wind to be able to get sort of such a, a perfect image. How did you find flying in the city with sort of interference as well as wind? Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, I think in any city that you fly, interference is going to be a big problem, especially if you uh, if you don't have the drone modded in any way. I know you can, uh, especially in Hong Kong and places like that, you can you can get your um, drones modded very easily to take off the height restriction and to give them signal boosters and stuff like that. Um, in this particular, uh, yeah, in this particular occasion, how because this was a government building, you couldn't get anywhere near this. I tried getting close to it, and every single time the uh, the connection would just completely cut out um and it would just it would return to home um so i had to i had to change tack because originally i wanted to get much closer to this building but i, I wasn't able to do so so i pulled out and uh, yeah as, as you say used the uh, used the river as a leading line uh, up into the photo and decided that i would just highlight that building as much as possible in terms of the light around it because um the sort of the streets around it were naturally quite dark anyway so even in the uh, even in the before it's the buildings highlighted really really nicely so i thought i'd just play on that yeah definitely i mean you sort of briefly briefly touched on the fact that you use a mavic pro so do you want to run us through what kind of kit you normally take with you on sort of trips like this yeah so i've got a so i run with a mavic pro um with four batteries i feel like having as many batteries as you possibly can is is the best uh, best way forward especially if you're traveling somewhere where you you might not necessarily have the facilities to charge them via a wall socket or something like that um done i you can charge uh, drone batteries with car chargers absolutely fine but you have to keep them on rotation and it can take a little little longer to charge than just from a normal wall socket. So I try and have as many batteries as I ha uh, as I can possibly find. Uh, in terms of the controller, the controller is standard. Uh, it's not a smart controller or anything like that. Personally, I don't see the need for a smart controller. My my phone screen is big enough uh, to use as a as a screen, and I, I find it works absolutely fine. Never had any problems with it. So 
if it's not broken, don't fix it. So I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't bother using a smart controller. Um, trying to think of anything else when it comes to that. I don't, I don't think so. I don't actually have any filters for it. So it's the next thing that I need to have a look for. But um, yeah, I don't have any filters. But I do want to upgrade to the Mavic 2 fairly soon. Uh, a lot of my friends use Mavic 2, and I'm really, really impressed with the photo quality and the video quality. And yeah, I I think that was that would be a better option for me rather than the Mavic Pro at the moment. Yeah, and I think with the uh, Mavic 2 as well, I think the Mavic 2 exceeds expectations in terms of video. I mean, it's a fantastic camera on it, and even with sort of standard pictures, it's still very, very good. But I think the Mavic Pro's only downfall is the video. Um, I mean, I've got a Mavic Pro as well, and when I've used it for video, that's definitely the downfall. And I don't tend to shoot too much video, so you know, it's not something that sort of affects me too much at the minute. I mean, the, the pictures I get out of it are fantastic, and obviously the pictures that you've sent over are fantastic. So it is a very capable drone, but I think that its only downfall is the video, but obviously that's why you've got sort of upgrades and, and that's why other drones were, were made sort of after it. Yeah, um, the other downfall I would highlight with Mavic Pro is the autofocus isn't that good. Uh, there, there will be times where the drone will just completely refuse to focus uh, and it's quite difficult to manually focus it. Um, but yeah, no, the, the video is not the best. Um, it's, it's a lot better on the Mavic 2 than the Mavic Pro. Um, although it wasn't actually, the Mavic Pro wasn't the first drone I had. The first drone I had was actually the, uh, the Mavic Air. But because that's uh, that's only got Wi-Fi connection, not RC connection, um, especially flying it around urban areas, you couldn't get 200 meters away before it would just decide, no, I'm just going to disconnect now and return to home. Um, and even even out in the country and stuff like that, the connection was pretty awful, um, which is why I switched to the Mavic Pro because I knew the Mavic Pro's connection was a lot better. Um, but the flight time and stuff like that on the on the Mavic Air was fine. And if you if you're just looking for um, I'd say if you're if you're beginning big, uh, beginning out with drones, you're not too serious when it comes to photography. You're looking something more for leisure than the Mavic. The Mavic Air is perfect. But uh, if you're looking more to do this as a career or you're or you're focused on your on your photography a lot, then yeah, definitely the Mavic Pro or the Mavic Pro Two, one hundred percent. So was the sort of RC the compatibility and and the way that it transmission was that the sole reason that you upgraded from the Air to the Pro because when I upgraded from my Spark, I was toying between either the Mavic Air or the Mavic Pro and I ended up obviously going with the Mavic Pro purely just for sort of overall being that little bit more Pro in, in the sense. So was that the only reason you upgraded was the transmission? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was literally the only reason I upgraded from the Mavic Air to the Mavic Pro because um, I got the, the reason why I got a drone was uh, for an upcoming trip to Hong Kong. I've seen incredible drone photos of Hong Kong that I really wanted to replicate. Um, and after a short test flight just around the outskirts of London, I realised the Mavic Air was never going to be able to to get far away enough to really be able to capture anything that I wanted to capture in Hong Kong. So, yeah, I switched over to the Mavic Pro as quickly as I could because I, I knew that the RC connection was good, and I heard that um, I heard from plenty of people who had them that they were perfectly capable of, uh, of flying in cities and flying pretty far away and getting decent shots. So. so with regards to sort of bags and cases and that kind of thing, do you use anything like that for your drone or is it mainly just sort of throw it in whatever backpack you're using at the time? Uh, I have the travel case for the Mavic Pro. Uh, that came with it. Um, and I, I, I don't really have a 
camera bag as such. I just usually use a rucksack and then a coat or something just to pad it out. Um, but yeah, no, I just I just use the uh, the travel case and just sort of try and fit that in whatever I can. So. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, you sort of roughly touched on that you previously used the Mavic Air and then have gone into the Mavic Pro. So do you want to explain how your sort of interest in photography came about? Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, in terms of uh, my journey with, uh, with photography, my dad was very keen on photography back when I was younger. Um, and he, I remember it was a, it was a family holiday in France on uh, Mont Saint-Michel. Um, he gave me just a little disposable camera. And I spent the whole day just taking photos and I absolutely loved it. And this was probably when I was about six or five or six or something like that. Um, and then I sort of, I, I took a bit of a break from it um, and then got my first camera for my, uh, it's either my 12th or my 14th birthday. I can't actually remember exactly which, but I got my first little camera. It was a little Nikon Coolpix, a little, uh, little digital camera. Um, and we, uh, again, on a family holiday, which is in Croatia, uh, I was taking photos there. Again, absolutely loved it and realised that, you know, photography was definitely something that I should uh, I should pursue. And it was uh, it was on a um, geography trip to Iceland at the end of secondary school for me uh, that I really started to get into photography and really started to put time and effort in. I got my first uh, first DSLR camera just for that trip, which was a, a Sony Alpha 350. Um, terrible little thing. <laughs> absolutely terrible camera. Uh, its ISO performance was horrendous. You couldn't put it past 200 without getting grain. Um, and I was trying to take photos of the Northern Lights on like 1,250 ISO. It's just never, ever going to work. But I didn't know much about photography back then in terms of cameras and stuff like that. I simply thought you just put it on all the right settings and take the photo. It wasn't necessarily the case. Um, so, yeah, I started, I started from there and then a friend suggested Instagram uh, to me. So I started posting photos on Instagram and then started doing specific trips up into London just to just to get content for her Instagram. Um, then started going along to photography meets, started networking with people, grew a following from that. And um, yeah, ever since then, I've, I've always I've always put 110 percent effort into, uh, into photography and just made sure that I get better and that the photos are coming out exactly how I want them to. Um, I, I take a lot of inspiration from other Instagrammers. So I'll see the work that they're doing um, and chances are I'll probably go to the to the same place. Um, but I'll always try and put my own little twist, be that from a different perspective, a different composition, um, slightly more unique conditions. I, I love trying to go for unique conditions like a, a heavy fog uh, or in some places you can get really, really cool inversions where the clouds just appear to like just settle on the ground. Um, so yeah, I love going for really unique conditions. I, th I think that they're sort of, that's the best conditions to, to do photography in because you can really, really transform a place with, uh, with unique conditions. So sort of how far along your photography journey, say we call it, did you pick up a drone and, and why did you first do that? Uh, it, was, it was actually pretty far into, uh, into my photography journey. I think I've been on Instagram for a couple of years before I really started to consider drone photography. Uh, and I'd started seeing photos of uh, like really, really nice photos taken with drone of locations that I'd been to and always thought, oh, it's all right. It's not that great. Because um, the, the one thing I love about drone photography is you're just able to unlock a completely new perspective. 
wherever you go. And I feel like 90% of the locations you go to, having having a much higher uh, much higher up perspective works really, really well. You you get a sense of scale of the place so much easier from a from a drone than you do from a um just from being ground level with a camera. Yeah. So um sort of as you've developed over time, is there sort of any tips or anything that you can offer to people that sort of you've picked up? uh yeah when it got when it comes to drone photography the uh the main tip i would have is to actually take the time to work out what all of the settings do uh and also try and uh work out what what you need in terms of personalizing those settings so especially when it comes to video and stuff like that having the uh the sensitivity of the gimbal lower can really really help and it's only something i've worked out probably within the past year or so um it's getting those sort of those really slow pan, like uh, slow panning zooms uh, that you see on a lot of like really, really high quality travel videos or stuff like that can really, really help. And having having lower sens- uh, gimbal sensitivity, I think, is sort of the key to that. But yeah, no, just in general, just making sure that you know exactly what everything does when it comes to the drone um, can really help. Because there are there are there are situations where you could lose the drone if you if you don't know what the settings are. Yeah, I mean, you briefly touched on as well that as you've sort of grown your Instagram and that kind of thing, you've gone to sort of meets with other photographers. Do you find that helps your creativity being around other people, sort of like minded, especially for sort of shooting? Yeah, when it comes to when it comes to photography, I, I feed off of other other people's ideas one hundred percent. And that, that makes it sound like I copy people. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I especially when you're when you're in a in a, a group of people taking photos, you can bounce ideas off of each other really, really easily. Um, and then you can you can either all go for the same shot, or you can all do your all do a different thing. Um, but w- when you've got five people working on one photo, the uh, the outcome can be really truly spectacular because um, you take you put a lot of time and effort in. And if you're if you're planning out right down to the very last detail, you can get a pretty decent photo. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you mentioned then and a little bit earlier on that you tend to sort of plan your photos ahead of time. How do you, other than obviously finding shots that are similar on Instagram, um, is there any other tools or apps or anything that you help to sort of help find some sort of good places to shoot? Uh, I know a lot of people use um, apps like Photo Pills, which give you sort of the direction of the sun, direction of the Milky Way, the direction of the moon. It goes into crazy detail. Personally, I don't use that, um, but it is probably something that I should look into in terms of using. Uh, in terms of planning out shots, the main things that I'm looking for would be weather. Uh, weather is a huge one. If the, if the weather's not right, then sometimes it can just completely ruin a location. Um, so I always try to plan and plan ahead of time in terms of weather and terms of looking at uh, detailed weather forecasts and trying to work out, you know, would will, will it be better to go here or would it be better to go here? Um, when it comes to drones specifically, I always make sure I have a look at the, wi- uh, the wind as well because uh, wind speeds can really affect how the drone flies, as you probably expect. But um, if you're flying into a headwind, that battery can go within within 10 minutes and if you're not prepared for that it will just fall out the sky and then that will be it game over so yeah i i really make sure to uh, to have a look at the uh, sort of like the wind forecast yeah definitely 
Well, thank you very much for taking time out of your day to chat. Um, I'm glad we got around to it in the end. And obviously, it's been great hearing about the, the sort of stories behind your shots. Um, do you want to just remind everybody how I can find you on Instagram and if you've got a website or anything like that? Uh, so, yeah, so the Instagram is at uh, jpr.photos. Um, website is coming soon. I'm setting up a print shop at the moment. So if you if you like what you see on there, um, I yeah, I, I promise you I'll have prints of it soon. Cool. As I say, well, thank you very much for taking time out of your day. Um, and yeah, all the best with everything. Oh, thank you for giving me the opportunity. Cool. Thank you very much. Thank you.